We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your co-host, Alex Gibson. Thankful, as always, to be joined by my friends, the cornucopia of wrestling knowledge, Chris Scott Moore, oh. and the centerpiece of this show, Sean Nash. How you doing, you gobbledygookers? Oh, I feel the love. I love this. It's great. Thankful to be here. Well, it's a Thanksgiving special, and uh, just wanted to let you know I'm grateful for you, grateful for the fans. Grateful for all the listeners and grateful for Chris Jericho for uh, retweeting my article last week. I'm still riding that high. So we've got a phenomenal show to get to you today. Uh, great pay-per-view this past weekend. Uh, but before we get to that, let's please uh, make sure you're checking out our Twitter and Instagram at Wrestling Elitist Podcast, as well as our website, WrestlingElitist.com, for our latest match articles and well, match reviews and articles. Um, as I mentioned, we recently had my uh, Jericho article that was posted. Uh, Chris has been... Um, diligently working on articles as well. Chris, do you have any uh, that you have planned coming out this week? Yes. Um, we'll get full gear up there, and then we'll do a look back at Survivor Series 1989. A little vintage shit. It's one of my favorite shows that's unexceptional, unexceptional in every way, but I love it nevertheless. That I mean that I feel like I feel that way about a lot of wrestling and uh, looking forward to yeah. uh, reading that article. Got some uh, Zeus Sean. shit on this one. Ooh. <laughs> Zeus. Sean, uh, why don't you run down the uh, plan for today's show? We are going to go with the, the news of the week match moment cringe and what we're looking forward to in the coming weeks, along with everything else, maybe a little extra uh, pay-per-view talk and everything else that happened in the world. Perfect. Yeah, let's actually start at the top with a little bit of pay-per-view talk. So uh, I am on record, uh, I think literally just to our group chat and one other group chat saying that I think this was my favorite AEW pay-per-view of the year. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, Chris, you and I were able to watch together. I think we uh, we had similar thoughts on pretty much all the matches. But overall, as you've had a chance to sit back, think about it, where does this rank for you in terms of pay-per-views this year and just overall thoughts? I mean, they're all good. That's the thing. Or they're all not even good. They're all like excellent. So it's it's just kind of like what your tastes are and what the individual matchups and outcomes you like. But I thought this was really, really great. Um, everything this year was great. <laughs> it's kind of sounds like a shitty hot take. The anti Booker T response. But <laughs> I mean, I think it's like revolution and full gear. were kind of one A, one B. Um, but I like this a lot. I like that Jamie Hader one and MJF one. It was fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, are you, Sean? I, I would say so. I would say this was probably my favorite or the best um, all out kind of just marred in the controversy that this one really stood out in the in the ring wise. We get a steel cage match, um, some big number matches with the six, the six man, the uh, a lot of tags, just all around, all around fun, good and a lot more to come with the the fallout of it all. Uh, yeah, I think I thought for me what stood out was it was the pay-per-view that felt like it advanced the most storyline because if you look back at Double or Nothing, it felt like there was for uh Forbidden Door that was just coming up and there was a lot of just kind of weirdness with it plus the whole MJF uh not showing up to that event prior and kind of what that did to the Wardlow match. Um, I didn't get to watch Revolution Live, which I think hindered it for me, as well as All Out, and then All Out just because of kind of retroactively looking back on it after with the with the scrum and everything like that. It just didn't feel like as strong of a pay per view for me. So I think I think this just did a great job of delivering and just having no extra drama that came out of it that was unnecessary. So definitely, um, it was, I'd say it was a win for Tony Khan and the gang. Uh, really kind of helped me feel excited for AEW again. I think, especially after last week's go home show, I was I was actually a little bit negative feeling going into Saturday. So that also probably played a little bit of a part too. I had a little bit lesser of expectations. Maybe they should just lower my expectations every go home show, and you know then it'll deliver. But uh, let's move into uh, this week's news of the week before we talk too much about the show. Uh, Chris, what was your news of the week? Yeah, it's official. Will Ospreay uh, defends the IWGP US title against Kenny Omega at Wrestle Kingdom 17. So that's going to be fucking amazing. Uh, this match was hyped through uh, their shit talking through Twitter throughout the year. Uh, it's going to be the first singles match that Kenny Omega's had since um, Hangman, which is insane to think. Wow, over a year. So. 
yeah, so no pressure there. Wow. But imagine this match not being five stars, like just the pressure of it. Like if it's not high on the five star spectrum, like towards mm-hmm. like one of the best matches ever, it's going to seem in some people's minds like a colossal disappointment. <laughs> but totally. um, I'm 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 excited as hell. I think it's going to be a really, really fantastic show. And uh, New Japan feels very fresh with what they're going to put out in 2023. And they finally get a chance to uh, do something unique and new. Yeah, this was my news too. That video package was great. Kenny came off looking just like a powerful master villain from a video game that he'd love. The The suit, the glasses sitting on that throne was perfect. I, I'm loving that we're still living in a world where Kenny Omega is going to be showing out at the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. Wrestle Kingdom 17. That's It's going to be five stars, but yes, it's... Will it really deliver, or is it going to have that like little thing that's just going to disappoint you enough to not give it the like match of the year already designation? So we'll see, but I really can't wait. This is something that officially has me excited for Wrestle Kingdom because a lot of the matchups don't necessarily seem all like the freshest. Because there's still is the plan as far as you guys know still to do like Okada and Jay White again. I believe that- so. You know, and it, it just feels like, yeah, so like the, seeing this, just I'm excited for it. I'm glad that the last few months did not come and, you know, did not hinder the ability to pull off this match at Wrestle Kingdom. Also happy to see AEW kind of returning the favor for all the things that New Japan has done. Yes. In terms of sending people over to AEW television, specifically thinking about Jay White when Tony Khan slipped up and made a huge mention of the Forbidden Door and then it was actually for Keith Lee's debut. And then so then they had Jay White there. I think I think it's important that they do that. It has to be a give and take relationship. So uh, sending over Kenny for their biggest show of the year is, is huge and um, definitely excited. It has me now way more excited for Wrestle Kingdom than I was a week ago today. So um, that was close to being my news of the week, but I'm selfish and it doesn't affect me nearly as much as the news that SummerSlam is potentially going to be in Detroit this summer. Bring it party on. Party of the year. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go on record and say if it happens, the, the elites are going to do everything they can to have some sort of a live show or some sort of an event. We're going to do it. We'll pull it off. We'll blow this thing up from your backyard. Or we'll at least we'll at least be passing out a fuckload of stickers. So, <laughs> uh looking forward to uh, that potential, uh, you know, SummerSlam is it's becoming a little bit of a mini WrestleMania weekend with uh, indie shows that happen around it. The Undertaker does his one dead man show. And if you think I'm not showing up to that, <gasps> you're a fucking fool. Uh, so GCW uh, wait, 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 did you say you're a fucking ghoul or fool? Oh, I should have <laughs> said ghoul. You turkey. <laughs> I'll edit it in post. Uh, <laughs> but that's that that's going to be a fun I. I feel like Detroit gets overlooked so much for how good of a wrestling town it is. And uh, which I think totally. I'd, ra- I'd actually rather have it this way than be oversaturated with things to where you're not delivering or, you know, or I mean, like, I just feel like people are sick of Chicago and AEW. Like I like that when it's Detroit, people think that it's something special, um, but definitely looking forward to seeing that and hopefully seeing, uh, you know, It'd be at that point just about a year under Triple H's reign. So, you know, we should really understand what WWE is by that point. Do you want it to be at uh, the Little Caesars Pizza Arena or Ford Field? Ford Field. Concrete Jungle. Honestly, I'd feel a little bit underwhelmed if they did it at... at Little we'll Caesars see. after because they did they definitely did it was this year a stadium show I know last year was at the Raiders Stadium was it, it was in Nashville this year yeah uh, I don't and know it if was they did it Nashville yeah it was it the was. Nissan Stadium or, or whatever yeah it just it. okay yeah so then I would say it'd be underwhelming if they did it in in the stadium uh, or in the LCA uh, so I mean if they did Comerica Park I'd be happy with that too I think Comerica that, could be a cool that, that could be interesting yeah. So, um, bigger, the better, I think, um, also it just makes it probably tickets a little bit cheaper. So it makes it a little bit more, uh, affordable suite, for us though, let's to do that. Ooh, <laughs> the wrestling elite is sweet. Hell yeah. That's what I'd want to do. Especially cause that'll be the first time I'll be able to like go out and do something fun. 
that would, I would great. I would love to look into that. Uh, if anybody that's listening has any hookups or uh, anything like that that can help us afford that, give us a please, call. Uh, reach out to us, wrestlingleaders.com. Um, moving forward to our match of the week. Uh, what did you have, Chris? Ooh, I love that uh, trios match. Death Triangle mm-hmm. versus the oh, Elite. Yeah. That was amazing. I couldn't tell you what the fuck they did throughout 17 minutes of that match. <laughs> it was just all was way too level. much. Yeah, spectacular shit where everyone was firing on all cylinders. I love the fact that Death Triangle was not intimidated, intimidated and played up that they had no respect for him. And Pac was just pocket is most Pac in so many ways like he did such a great job in this match and then they made something of the kind of nothing burger of an angle with the hammer like that was kind of getting like oh who cares and then they play paid it off in a fantastic way with phoenix using it when he needed to use it because there's no escape from the one wing angel just a perfect finish you're skipping the lead alex apprehentis was not to be seen That's the whole right. time that totally read my shit Finally. that in itself made this match of the week but yeah everything about it the total spot fest uh nick jackson asking the fan if that's a diet coke or whatever the hell that was <laughs> that was perfect i would not trust anything that some fans got right there especially in new jersey but uh so many so many fantastic moves sequences throughout the whole thing and and i guess we're we've got a lot more to come with uh, a best of seven series but Every time these guys all just top themselves, there's such a great chemistry in the ring for all of them. So match of the week for sure. Before the match even started, I I mentioned to Chris that I immediately regretted that I had said I thought that Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed was going to be the best match of the night. Like I could just you could just feel it the way that mm-hmm. as everyone was walking to the ring and just mm-hmm. the chanting and everything like that, you're like, there's no way that this isn't what's going to be the one that delivers. I love the match too. Chris and I were super happy with the payoff of kind of that finish and um, interesting to see now going into that uh, best of seven series uh, ending in LA, which will be exciting to see that go. And I think that they did a great job of making the elite look great in their return back, but then also not doing the easy thing of just having them immediately win the titles back. So that Mm -hmm. was good. Despite all of that was not my match of the week. Uh, oh, Sean, did you have something to say? Just also too that, um, like springboard DDT Matt Jackson did on the oh apron. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It was. it was, um, but my match of the week was the AEW women's interim title match. I thought, uh, Jamie Hayter and Tony storm had a great fucking match. Jamie Hayter, as everybody's been, you know, kind of dying to see her get a chance to break away from Brit over the last oh, yeah. few months and Brit getting involved, rebel getting involved, Brit technically getting involved twice. It was, it was an overbooked match, but because of the fact that Jamie still won, despite that, that made, that made it all, it just added to the tension rather than it just being an overbooked fuck fest that ruined everything. If Tony wins that match, it is not my match of the, uh, of the weekend or of the night. But because of the fact that she was able to uh, still pull out the win, uh, Tony with blood all over her face, it really sucks that she's not the linear, like neither of them will be like linear champions really, at least for as of right now. Tony, please get rid of the AEW interim stuff. It's stupid. It should be only 30 days. If you're going to do an yeah. interim thing, if the, if the person can't defend it within 30 days, then they should be stripped of it. I think that that's a fair compromise. Um, but I just thought it was a, you know, the crowd was hot for it. It was similar to the main event where, you know, Mox was getting booed at one point pretty hard. And you could tell that people were getting pissed at Tony for her Johnny Gargano style uh, kickouts at some crazy parts. But it all paid off in the end and uh, excited to see where it goes. And it was it's a little weird to, to have seen Brit so happy for Hater. So I'm wondering what the next step is. Does she, you know, do they do the evolution, you know, Triple H turning on uh on Randy Orton type of a thing, or does Jamie go heel mm-hmm. immediately and Brits a face and they face off? Like it feels like they can't they can't last in this. So I'm I'm interested in what that what that means. I laughed because I just thought of like Rebel doing the Batista trying to do it, and then she just like <laughs> fucking just beats the shit out of her. Yeah, <laughs> that would be so awesome on. if they did that. <laughs> 
Um, no, I think it's going to be a great tandem. And I think the cr- Brit made herself a baby face de facto yeah. last week. So maybe it makes the most sense to just keep them together, let them be a baby face act. And then you do whatever you need to do with Brit or Jamie down the line. But there's a problem with not enough baby faces, I think, in AEW that are credible top level. So yeah, give fans something to root for, especially because now that we're withholding the MJF baby face thing, like, fuck, take advantage of Brett being popular again. Like, it's she's awesome. And Mm -hmm. Jamie's great. And everyone wanted her to win the title. So that's good. And you can give them a little bit of a new fresh coat of paint for a while. Yeah, we've been clamoring for this. So I'm very happy. Very happy. Yeah, I I would say that with uh, other than that lights out unsanctioned match that Britt and Thunder Rosa had back in the uh, Daily Place days, early days. I think that I think that was my favorite women's match in AEW. I don't know if it ranks the same for you two, but yeah, um, it was it was right around the same level as um, Sheeta and Serena Deeb. Yep. Oh, yeah. Serena yeah, Deeb so, uh, had some good matches, but that's going to be great too. Jamie Hader and Serena Deeb on a ooh shit, that's going to be that's nasty. Up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where where things go, and and also seeing how they handle this uh, the title thing because it sounds like even wrestlers are tweeting out about their distaste for the interim stuff. So ooh, good. good. Yeah, and now that Tony's going to hear this episode, he's going to probably just go ahead and pull that trigger. So yeah, fix that. Yeah. Moving on to our moment of the week, uh, Chris, what was your favorite thing that happened this week? Again, not to belabor the point, but it was Phoenix using the hammer. Um, genius finish. That was a um, a plot line that not that it was like wearing thin, but it's like, OK, this is just Pox mid card shtick for a little bit. And this is just something that his character is going to do. And then to pay it off with Phoenix, maybe not going heel per se, but just needing to use it to escape the one wing angel. The one wing angel is still protected. It's not getting diminished in any way. That felt like the logical finish to have um, Phoenix eat that as the finish. And then just to get that big surprise was amazing. And you didn't see the elite losing. I mean, that was something that wasn't, Mm -hmm. um, as transparent as the MJF and the which was fine, but I liked that. It was like, Oh shit, that's great. This is a totally satisfactory way to end this match. And even if they didn't have a best of series or a best of seven series, I would have loved that as like a finish. And then they don't touch for a while. Oh, yeah. I think it was, a, it was a good surprise, but not like a swerve, right? Like it, it wasn't what I was expecting yeah. to happen, but it wasn't some Russo level, swerve just to swerve it was perfectly his character done. needed to use it and that's what made it good it, like worked on a couple of levels of a potential swerve but also like it's relatable that's the most uh that's the most protected finish in wrestling history in the last like 10 years so of course he's gonna have to use something to get out of it like it was fucking smart it was good it was a yeah. one of those moments where like oh yeah subtleties being used in wrestling this is good yeah yep. i, I love it worked Sean, what was your moment of the week? Mine was the the acclaimed rap, an extended rap. We all, we of course, we all want that. That was that was amazing. Kanye shots, Twitter death, Trump lies, <laughs> all of it. Monsters Inc. So, so poignant. Yeah, Swerve is the human <laughs> version of Randall for sure. Like that hair, everything about it. It's just very, very uh, shifty. If I uh, if I would say uh, the Tristan Thompson line was even killer. That just fantastic for a person who knows very little of the uh, Kardashian plight but loved it and just perfect max caster can't do wrong on that mic yeah i i love max as you know and i I enjoyed the uh the extended cut that we got from him um any anytime those guys are out there like that's that's been one of the most fun fun. things to see is just kind of the rise of of the uh the acclaimed and everyone loves the acclaimed and i i continue to so excited to see where they go from here um, you know, it's rare that I, no, I think not. that you two are objectively wrong about something. Uh, but this week I do think you are, there was a singular <laughs> moment of the week. It's carry on my wayward son. That was one of my favorite entrances that I've seen in a long time. That was good. Uh, I just, the music was the music just, it hits, it hits for a wrestling theme. Uh, I saw on being the elite this week that, uh, 
they didn't get it until the, the night before. They weren't sure if they were going to be able to nail the rights. Yeah. And now it looks like they are actually going to get it for TV as well. So that's exciting. Um, just, uh, it was, it was like such a hot, like a positive feeling song to have them come out to, uh, and have everybody singing along to for their return. Um, you know, I, I, once again, I watched the being the elite this week and, um, at the end of it, they talked about how happy they were with the response and everything like that, and just how much it meant to them. And this has been two of the hardest months of their lives. And I think that that just kind of helped rise it above. Uh, it was just, it was a perfect moment. Uh, and like I said, last week during the bonus episode, it goes right up there with, uh, Jane as a, just a all time great wrestling entrance theme song for me. Using real music. Guitar solo. Yeah, that too. It'll be interesting to see like when it comes to the video game and stuff, if those, if that like music will be used or anything like that. I I doubt that will be because it's so new and the game I think is supposed to come out soon, but from a licensing standpoint, are they only getting it for television or what? Either way. um, Great, great return for them. And um, I'm glad to see that it's going to stick, stick with them a little bit. Uh, Moving on to our cringe of the week. Chris, what did you hate? Uh, that Connecticut crowd. I, I put in the article on WrestlingElitist.com. It's hard to shit on a crowd if they're not being like transphobic or they're not being smart mark fans where they're doing like the count chants or something silly like that. But to just be so quiet, it's like, ugh. Um, and I think part of it is the oversaturation of certain markets. I think that's the factor going to the same venues or going to the same regions continuously. Now there's a logic to it. They need to be cost effective and AEW needs to make more money right now and just think what's the ba- biggest bang for their buck. Um, however, they get, that crowd was um, not as, not as uh, into it as, as, as they needed to be. And it just made that show feel so flat and everything just seemed so lethargic. And you also feel bad for the fans that did, go there because it's like well wait we're not shitty fans we're not a shitty crowd but that's what everyone's impression is now of connecticut i mean it is what it is uh so they're yeah, probably they're the not going to get a shot Waco. or a show for a, yeah i mean they're not going to get a show for a long time uh wwe has been hostile to, to certain towns like i remember they used to think toronto was bizarro land and they would like try to not go as frequently when that was one of the hottest towns in the history of wrestling mm-hmm. so it does happen from time to time where like a crowd gets uh overlooked and isn't going to go there again i wish there was a way to like you don't want to go to a small arena and 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 building because it makes your second tier promotion look second tier you want to be able to not be in a small building where it looks like it's a fucking raw from the early nineties. But at the same point, like that's when like, it would be cool to see them go to a unique location. That's in this, mm-hmm. that's in the site of the, you know, pay-per-view, like uh, mm-hmm. instead of doing the Friday night rampage before in the same arena, maybe you do it at a smaller theater. Now, of course that's expensive and there's a lot of production costs and union costs and all sorts of shit that I'm not thinking of that would maybe make that cost prohibitive. But um, yeah, like you just do want to see something different and unique and that just felt so flat and it's like, Oh God damn, that was a bummer. Honestly, the only reason I didn't make them my, that my cringe of the week as well was it was a bad show in general to me. So I can't even blame them for being dead, but it was, it was a weirdly, Felt like they were doing a show in a ghost town. Well, just cheer for abs- Bowens, cheer for Bandito, cheer for like just like yeah. come on, don't be and they, and like they don't have to go like this to get you to make a peep. Like come on, man. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a uh, disappointing crowd to say the least. Uh, Sean, speaking of disappointing, what was upsetting for you? Yeah, very disappointing. I I had to miss the boys' night of the the watch along full year. Uh, I had a wedding of some friends. Lovely night, lovely night. Drank too much, but it just sucks to to be away from the boys and not get to watch what was probably the best pay per view of the year. My uh, my favorite part to looking back on the night was before the show started when Chris asked me like, "Do you want to go out to downtown Plymouth after this?" And I was like, eh, "It's kind of cold. I don't know if I'm going to want to." <laughs> and then before the main event, he goes, "I'm really glad you said no to going out because I'm." <laughs> 
Oh god, I'm way too tired. It. I, I think was I was, getting, I was. It was like a four hour show, right? I mean, that, that I, yeah. I was asleep probably ten minutes after the main event. <laughs> yeah, I I nodded off like once or twice during the main event. I think oh. like I was doing. Oh, my, you've, uh, you've done that before. Yeah, yeah, and at one point, <laughs> at one point, you looked over at me. And like, I looked back and you're like, oh, I thought you were sleeping. And I'm pretty sure you're just doing it to see if you could sleep. Yeah. <laughs> My friend told a story like in high school, like I guess his mom made us like uh, like like bagels with peanut butter on them and like fresh from like the toaster and i'm like and i and it felt and i fell asleep with it in my mouth sitting up with all the lights on and he called me grandpa oh, yeah. simpson for like weeks after that <laughs> which is the, the most believable thing about me once it's like nights out lights out it's fucking done so i had no no ability yeah. to go and scissor everyone in downtown plymouth there'll be oh, another time come on yeah. once it gets summer, summertime summertime again now, perhaps Saturday when Ohio State beats Michigan, then I can scissor the world. Oof. But yeah. we'll see. Bold claims. Uh, my cringe of the week, Sean, you missed out on a lot, but we also yes. missed out on the uh, Sting Darby versus uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal match because uh, Chris's internet went out. Uh, we were both panicking. The only thing I know to fix it is to reset the internet, and that didn't work. Uh, so we missed we we missed that, and then we finally got the internet back up, and we were we turn on Bleacher, and it's just we can hear the match, but we can't see anything. It was oh like we were gosh. listening to the radio. It's like scramble, um, sheer panic was going down. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I mean, luckily if the there was a match, game. I yeah <laughs> yeah he's checking to see if I've touched the remote recently. <laughs> yeah. And, um, we uh, luckily, I think we agreed it was the match that if we had to miss one, that was the one that we wanted to there. Yeah, and, that was okay to miss. And we were able to literally we missed from like Jeff Jarrett was walking out, it cut, and then literally it, we finished right as the the match ended. So like it was meant missed. to be. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. So um, didn't miss much, but yeah. So you're fine, Chris. And the other thing that was great too, so I went to watch because I didn't see the match at all. I was like, well, I'll actually watch it. So today I put on Bleach Report to watch it, and the fucking app went down during the match. And I was like, <laughs> what is with this? Like, why is this the most forbidden thing in the world? Like a run of the mill match is like so hard to watch. And so I was like so fucking mad before I even turned it on. And then <laughs> the app again paused when I was like fast forwarding to get to it. It like fat it flipped out again and huh. i'm like good lord what the hell and then it's a tag match that's a street fight but they're tagging in it constantly and they're doing uh, rough just it just like jesus christ was uh the hell why very overthought yeah and i god yeah but hey sting looks really great for his age oh 63 yeah, you would never know that he's 63 years old. Like, that's like... Under that pain. It's insane. And then his fucking crazy-ass dive. Steve, what, Steve, yeah. what are you doing, man? Ooh. Looked like he almost ate it. He did. It did. I was like, oh, shit. And then when uh, Satnam just threw Darby everywhere. Just oh, like I, got, I got nervous there that that was going to be <laughs> oh, a, a shoulder separator. Yeah, I was like, up oh, there he goes. He finally, like, met the <laughs> jackass stunt he can't pull off. God, I wild Darby. It's going to be crazy when Darby ends up like his injury ends up being because he just like trips walking down the ramp or something like that. <laughs> like it's going to be the most basic thing. Yeah. Out Oof. for a year. Um, moving on to our anticipation. Chris, what are you looking forward to uh, coming up in wrestling? There's a lot. Yeah, I bought a Survivor Series shirt last week, so I'm actually like kind of pumped for the Survivor Series. It's not like historically I'm the too. best show ever, but I just do get a charm from it. Um, so I'm excited for it. I don't like WWE's version of War Games, though, like with the lack of a top on the cell. Yeah, you know, it kind of kills it, but Chop the top whatever, the it'll roof. be fun. Like, I think it's going to be a good show with um, Bloodline and all them. So. It'll be good. Uh, hopefully, there's like a traditional Survivor Series match though thrown in, but yeah. should be a good show. Five on five, I think. Five on five looks pretty good. Kevin Owens in there. That's a yeah. I solid think I think your wishes are not going to be come to fruition on that. I think I think the four. Survivors four and huh? four. 
I like four on four better than five on five. Well, well, beggars can't be Sorry. choosers. I yeah, know. exactly. I know. Um, I'm I'm excited for it too. I put it in the notes as things to talk about before you, we had had this as your um, anticipation. But I, I'm actually excited for the Brutes versus Bloodline. The build's been pretty pretty good, and I don't know if you guys saw the pop that Kevin Owens got when he got when he came out as the fifth member of the Brawling Brutes. Like I saw that clip. Yeah, holy shit! Like like right now, WWE's just got everybody over as hell, uh, and I'm excited to see Sammy and Kevin Owens and. You know, with their rivalry and I think it'll be a great match. It'll be enjoyable and um it's just good to go into a survivor series with like actual feud rather than like just the battle for brand supremacy. Yeah. Totally. That's not impressive. Who controls <laughs> the perception of the WWE universe? It only happens one time a year where these rival frac- factions and promotions go at each other. I mean it's unprecedented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the year when they had like the champion of each show go after each other and it was just like so then they just like oh, yeah. fucked themselves into a corner with like all of like having to have like all shitty finishes. Well, just... I liked when they got the belt off of uh gender because they're like, oh God. right before. It's like, yeah, it's just like, oh Jesus, this is gonna die an ugly death. <laughs> uh Sean, what are you looking for? I'm looking forward to uh, Chris Jericho, the champ, going against Ishii. That's going to be a nice little little beef slammer coming over over here. So it's crazy that he was an, a former ROH champion, but yeah, I had no idea. Like, definitely deserved it. Big boy definitely deserved it, but uh, it's definitely going to be fun to see. And Jericho's just been on tear. Everything's been pretty good. That, that was a good four way. So definitely yeah. got me interested. And Jericho's on a Terrico, and we're we're excited to see it. My only thing good. is, I just feel like guys like Ishii and um, you know Suzuki, it just feels like they come to AEW just to lose. To lose, that's yeah. Kinda, that's that's totally. the bummer about it for me. Like Ishii, has he? It feels like he's lost every time he's been on AEW like television so far because he's he's had a few okay. matches, right? Yeah. And so, like, that's just the bummer to me because I I love him and. Uh, when sure, has he we'll get won this year? I don't think I can like remember a time in a marquee match. He's like even. Did he, he win won. a match when we saw him in uh when we saw him for Mania weekend? Um, we saw him at the the super super show. Did we see him face Dickinson? He may have won that, but that's at uh, Bloodsport. No, at Lone Star Shootout in the hotel. Oh no! I think Dirty Daddy yeah. won that. Oh no! No, Ishii probably won that. You have the have him go. It was over. the match? I don't remember because it was the match right as we were leaving. So I was trying to get us. <laughs> that does sound right. Get us the fuck out of there so we could get our make our way to Garland to watch FTR and the Briscoes. And my feelings were too hurt by Suzuki not giving me a high five. So I was just done. Yeah, yeah, we you're were clearly <laughs> you're really at that time. Anyone wanted to see me on New Japan World? There I am, all sad. Hey, we're all we're right there. Very, very, Immort- very sad looking, <laughs> immortalized. Uh, Forever enshrined. My, my anticipation <laughs> is the uh, the beginning of the reign of MJF. So after after his win, you saw at the the post uh, post show scrum, he clearly made it. He made it clear that he's still a heel. And you know oh. he tricked all the fans. And <laughs> wait, what? I haven't watched it, so I didn't. I didn't oh, no, it's just but... yeah. He just was very. It was very pronounced. Very like, MJF. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys all fucking fell for it. Blah. blah, blah. <laughs> so of course, uh, of it course. looks like we're getting we're get, we're getting you know heel MJF and hopefully a uh, Ricky Starks as his first uh, match at Winners Coming. Excited for that. I think that those two can both go on the stick, so it'll be good to see those them two get a chance to continue the rise of Starks uh, as well as kind of I think that I think that Starks is actually a really good first opponent for MJF to get people to boo MJF because right now it's a problem that he's just so liked because he's so good that he's kind of almost a fa- I mean look at the way that he was cheered against Moxley, right? So I actually think that the rise of Starks especially with him Overcoming the odds, beating Brian Cage on Saturday, now having to face uh, Ethan Page this Wednesday will be a good, a good way to get people a little bit back on the side of booing MJF potentially. And uh, I mean, I'm excited for uh, the overall reign and to see kind of the route that they go after winter is coming. 
But speaking of that, uh, that main event, MJF and Mox, I think we talked about it last week. It felt like the most predictable or simple finish was what happened. It was Regal sliding the brass knuckles to MJF for him to uh, then use that to cheat to win. Mm-hmm. I I get it, but I don't get it because I don't really get what the difference is between using brass knuckles and the ring is other than, I guess, using it as a trick. I, it just It's one of those things where like when you start to think about it, you're like, why were they so keen on tricking everybody on the way they were going to do it? It just seems weird. But, um, you know, I think there it seemed like there was 20 different ways that this match could have gone and just wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Uh, we'll start with you, Chris, on kind of what you had as your ideal end for that match. Oh, the debut of the R-O-A-D-D-O-double-G. Put Road Dog in AEW. Get him a oh, get him God. an agent job. Have him come what? in with a low blow. <laughs> <laughs> that would have showed him. No, oh, uh, did no, you just I mean, show I, off your fucking spelling skills again? Yeah, and I fucked it up it. too. Because I spelled, I think I spelled the R-O-D, which isn't road. Eh, whatever. That Rod Dog. <laughs> <laughs> careful now. i love i loved rod dog he was so good in the 90s man <laughs> better sports entertainer than bret hart i'll tell you that for sure yeah that's for sure <laughs> uh, uh god okay no um yeah i mean I, w- I wanted him to be a baby face but i'm also a fan of whatever he thinks is going to give him the most creative juices that's the route to go because he's the best at what he does. So if he really feels like I can creatively be better as a heel, fine, do it. Um, there was a lot of MacGuffins in this and there was a lot of, um, Oh, red herrings of what they were going to do. So I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. It wasn't the most innovative thing, but it wasn't something so silly where it was a, someone you didn't want to have involved like a Jeff Jarrett or something like that come in or the and, firm. And with the guitar or the yeah. firm. I think I'm yeah. glad that the firm stayed the fuck away from the match. Definitely. Definitely. But Sean, that needs an ex- any... but that does need an explanation though. I yeah. mean, it's like, yeah. So there's a couple of loose ends that do need to be tied up, but Oh, for um, sure. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with it. It was so transparent the whole time, but yes, it just, I'm I'm happy he got the title, so I guess I'm okay with it all. Really? Yeah, I think I think my biggest concern was any involvement from the firm, so I'm glad that we didn't have that. Um I would have rather something else for the finish, just you know, maybe more of that traditional babyface run or um I don't know. It just felt like it felt like people were predicting the regal turn literally since the first promo, which I know wrestling isn't always about like it, sometimes the best story is the one that everyone can see coming straight forward. I just don't really know what Regal and MJF need to do together because like we've talked about MJF's the best speaker, not only currently, but potentially in the history of the business. So I don't know what Regal will add for him. He doesn't need anyone. Yeah. And also I don't necessarily love like the idea of like the Blackpool combat clubs breakup being because of Regal rather than it being because, you know, Danielson decides to, punch yuda in the mouth or something like i, I would that's rather how, see exactly that's yeah. how i wanted to see it break up was yuda getting like no fuck you guys from calling me a young boy like that yeah. was like ooh, that was an interesting thing when mox called him that it was like oh fuck you could do something cool with that mm-hmm. and then it's because like are they going to be the and someone made this joke online they're like are they going to be like the cincinnati combat club now <laughs> <laughs> The Skyline Combat Club. Ooh, <laughs> that's nasty. Uh, uh, just a couple other kind of quick hitters from this week. Uh, the biggest one, fuck CM Punk chants were loud and clear during okay. the, during, what, what was that, Sean? I I saw this on the, the thing. I don't, I didn't hear a single CM Punk chant, fuck CM Punk chant. Oh, it was loud during at the very start of the trios match. Have you guys watched it back? I feel like they might have cut it out because I really don't remember it at all. Really? That's, yeah. I'll have to watch it back, but they had it on BTE as well. So on BTE this morning, uh, they were doing a montage where there was music playing over all of the highlights of the match. They cut the music 
and then panned to the crowd as they were chanting fuck CM Punk. Wow. Well, so it'd be surprising to me that they did cut it. That's that ADHD, you know, I'll, I'll have to check, but yeah, it's got people talking. uh, I mean, I think it's like either going to be, you're bringing him back and this is a way to like, I guess, pay it off because he's not officially out of the company like you didn't hear him um get his official release or it's just i don't know maybe he was such a dick where they're like you know what let's actually do that to <laughs> just like put that in yeah, there because it was that difficult or the evps are just children and he was kind of like <laughs> I I think it's I think part of it's that he even had like throughout the whole investigation, his side has been leaking stuff the entire time. Then as soon as the news, the day that the news came out that they were returning to backstage, his side leaks the story that his dog had to get teeth removed the next day, which then somebody else came out and said he already had that appointment set with his vet. Like so he was his side was like from it the way it sounds, at least was trying to make everybody look as bad, like continuing to do that. And I would, my guess is that they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's lean into it. Um, you know, I don't think that I saw somebody claiming that there were plants that started that chant. I don't think that's the case. That's weird. Yeah. I think that's just people who are, you know, they, uh, they, they just always have to have their narrative. Right. But, um, I, I think that, I don't think that anybody that it sounds like from everything we've seen, people weren't too upset. Probably not a lot of too many people were upset that that chant was happening um, and figured why not uh, capitalize on it with the BTE stuff. And and I think that he seems to me from everything I've you know read by about all of this and just looking back on his time in WWE, I think he's somebody that has too much pride at this point to go back, despite the fact that there's a lot of money to be made and there's a there's a great payoff to be had. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a, a natural fan hatred towards him because it was such a forbidden thing for him to come back and it was the forbidden fruit and everyone wanted to see it happen. And if you weren't clued into dirt sheet stuff, you would have no reason to understand why he left because everything was so perfect for his year in AEW. There wasn't anything that was bad about what you saw in front of the camera. So it didn't make sense to a lot of fans. And I'm sure they're just fucking angry that he's gone too. Um, and angry, just, angry, that he's, sad. Yeah. angry that he's gone. And like, you know, whether or not the bucks are our favorite, you know, tag team or whatever, like the bucks and Kenny, like AEW is like they're AEW, right? Like AEW could survive without them. They'd be, they'd do just fine but AEW feels different without them too. Right. So it's, I think there's a piece of it too, where people are like, you tried to ruin what that made AEW too. special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You tried to, you tried to take away this and, and make it about you and people, people are bitter about that. And, you know, he, I think that's, I think that's where a lot of it stems from. Um, and, and I saw people like, Oh, wrestling fans are so fickle. You'd be cheering him if he came out tomorrow. I don't know that they would. I think, I think he could earn it back, but also you look back on his his um, his speech that he gave, his promo when he he returned that night in Chicago on Rampage, and he talks about how you know I was sick and I you know I needed to I couldn't get better until I left the place that made me sick in the first place. Whatever, it's like clearly like you're making your like you're doing like there's a part of this that's you. Clearly, it's just somebody who doesn't who can't stand the idea of being happy. <laughs> And that's, yeah, that's what it comes down to. And I think it's the fact that you're never going to know really where he's at because he didn't really tell a whole hell of a lot in his absence. And he did keep a lot of things private. Some of it he had to with lawsuits and things of that nature, but you didn't get a good read of where his mind was at. And you were worried about him and thinking, is this guy okay? Is he getting the help that he needs? Is he getting healed? And then when you do see him and seemingly everything goes his way, and he still seemingly is miserable, miserable from what you hear. It's just like, what's with this guy? And you feel let down. Um, so, you know, it's just the, the whole thing's a sad, weird situation where you wish you heard the true story. And especially not like, like, like who's his camp supposed to even fucking be? Like, that's the thing a I always steal. thought was funny. Yeah, about. yeah but like the whole thing was so weird about like, well, I'm hearing it from the Bucks camp. Who's 
Brandon Cutler. Like I just, <laughs> yeah. I, I hate this like shit of like from this person or that person. It's like, I feel God. like it's, it's literally just them, but they say camp. Cause that way it sounds like, Oh, well, you know, it's like a third party type of thing. Like they're mm-hmm. not, like, they're, it's like the laziest way to protect a source. His lawyers. Yeah. Mark Sterling is just out here telling everybody everything that'd be fucking Cash awesome checks. though if you if it literally was mark <laughs> doing this <laughs> just leaking stuff like as a joke um a couple other quick pieces um a friend of cm punk dan Housen, has been showing a little bit of a uh, a serious side uh both in his match some of his tweets lately does anybody want Serious Danhausen, like to me, the intrigue in his character is this comedy jobber that drives people. Yeah, I don't. Uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I'm so far not interested. Just want to get your guys' thoughts. I doubt Hausen. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it's man, that's going to take a lot of work. Yeah, to pull off. It could, I mean, maybe he can, be, and if he and if he does, awesome. Like, good for him. But it could be interesting as like a a one one time thing or a very few often t- thing. But I just it won't work. I feel like the whole time we we want that funny, weird, awkward Danhausen. Yeah, or like give us a like maybe if we had like three or four years of this Danhausen and he's continuously getting bullied by the rest of the roster because they like don't see him as a real threat, and then like that turns him into something, but. I don't know. It feels like, I don't know, just serious right now. Yeah. For something that like what makes him interesting to me is the fact that he's essentially a Simpsons character. So we'll see if I'm wrong. uh, I will scrub this from the history books. Uh, But (laughs) my last, my last piece is uh, Kyrie won the inaugural women's IWGP title match uh, this past week, supposedly with like a severely sprained ankle too. She was told that she wasn't gonna be able to walk on it for three weeks. And then like four days later, um, won the title in a pretty good match. I don't know if you guys saw it. I only saw like the kind of last five minutes or so, but you know, she left WWE, what about two years ago now and is back in stardom and uh had a great match and you know i think that it's it's exciting to see new japan kind of venturing into the world of uh women's wrestling because i think that <laughs> joshi i think the joshi man. wrestlers are are consistently you know the best female wrestlers on the planet so um i've always i've been an advocate of AEW just basically aligning with stardom as their women's roster so if anyone's if if it, new japan wants to do it why try to start from the ground up? Just do this partnership and uh, see where it takes you. Start them owned by New Japan or by Bushi Road, right? Or whoever owns. Or is it, is it yeah, Bushi Road or Tiyaki? Yeah, I, think, I, Bushi Road, Bushi Road. I think they own both, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. There's a corporate synergy. Um, and also, though, I do want to say there is no human on the planet that's less funny than the ones who make comments every single time there's a Kyrie match that uh, Brock Lesnar is afraid of her. I don't oh, know if you guys what? see that, but like there's people who are always like, Oh yeah, Brock left the WWE cause he, or for a while. Cause he was afraid he feared Kyrie. It's like, Oh, funny joke. That's hmm. not interesting, fuck? but yeah. that's weird. Uh, Internet's I mean, extreme. I, I, I'm, I'm glad the there's going to be a girls' match and girls' match. There's, I'm glad there's going to be a women's match at Wrestle Kingdom. Like it just like, man, they were allergic to women. Like the Blackpool Combat Club was allergic to putting a fucking girl in the stable. <laughs> ooh, oh, not yeah. that. Couldn't figure. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it'll be it'll be exciting to see. And I think that, like I said, Stardom has some interesting stuff. Maybe that's I. I'm. You know what? Listeners, take a shot every time I give a fantasy booking for Sasha. Here uh, we go. Maybe we see Sasha show up and uh, challenge for that title. Who knows? Yeah, uh, we sure got but, beat hook, line, and sinker though on, on Saturday. <laughs> I thought she was coming out after uh, the Jade match, and it was like, oh, okay, they're cutting away. Fuck. And here on. we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, but, but looking back, I there's, there's two reasons why I'm glad that it didn't happen. First of all, that way it doesn't like kind of hinder the crowning of 
Jamie Hader later on and in Paige, the show. And Soraya's moment Very too. Yeah and, yeah. yeah, and her debut and Soraya's debut. Yeah. But then also uh, we talked about it on Saturday. It was really cool to have a great AEW pay-per-view that didn't rely on some surprise debut or some mm-hmm. surprise like mm-hmm. you know sure. what I mean like something like that. I mean obviously there was a debut in the sense of Soraya, but like we had been seeing her since Grand Slam, so it wasn't a shocker and kind of crazy. Like that. So it was good to see like that was just a straightforward card. It kind of gets us off of that idea of like having to expect somebody new every single pay per view because I'm definitely guilty of that. I always, anytime there's a big show, I assume there's somebody who's going to be showing up that we don't normally see. Yeah. Think of how long that lasted, even in NXT, though. Like how there would be like Matt Riddle in the front row sitting there and it was Ricochet and free forth. Yeah. And you'd have like that shit. Like it's nice that there wasn't a surprise like that. There wasn't uh, thumbtacks on Saturday, too. Like not that there's anything wrong with that per se, but it just got shit got overused. So it felt like it was just a regular ass pay per view, which was nice to see. And props yeah. to Soraya too. I don't think we like. I I was not expecting her to be able to hold her own weight like that. Like she definitely was not like Kurt Angle at WrestleMania that one year where you thought he was going to have a fucking heart attack and we're terrified Ooh, yeah. of watching. Like I was kind of I I was fearing that when that match started. I was like, oh god, what if? Like it's just it's fucking rough. And she held her own and did um, way better than I she- thought she was going to do. She did, and the camera screwed her on that spot where she was at first, like really holding her neck and making it look like she was injured. And then she smiles at Britt, but you can't even see her do it. The camera yeah. was at her back. Mm. That could have been a that could have been was a, good a good spot. Moment. Yeah, but but the cameras did not have the right setup there. Um, but yeah, she did a great job, and I think um, I'm excited to see where she goes from here uh, overall. And we'll. Uh, We'll hopefully get to see face Brit some more as well. Um, But that will do it for us this week. Uh, Once again, if you are a uh, weekly listener, please make sure that you are not only subscribing to the podcast, but rate reviewing as well. Um, Have your friends and family do it this weekend while you're uh, hanging out with them on Thanksgiving and uh, make sure that you check out our website, wrestlingleaders.com for our latest match reviews and articles. Rick rude. Take us home. Hit the music.